is time for the Blind Android Users Podcast from BlindAndroidUsers.com. Kick back and enjoy this podcast from a blindness perspective. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the fourth episode of Blind Android Users. This is Dennis. I'm with Warren and Austin. And this is part two of how to set up an Android device. This is our fourth episode. I'm not sure. Warren, do you have an app of the week this week? An app of the week? I am not sure that I have an app of the week. Okay. Um, However, we will have something special. But we will have something special in this episode. So do stay tuned for our surprise. And Warren, you're going to show us how to finish setting up an Android phone. Is that right? That's right. Uh, Austin, where are you hiding at? I'm in India, so I'm not hiding anywhere. And I would like our <laughs> listeners to, I would like to welcome our listeners to the first episode of the year. So Happy New That's Year. That's right. This is the first episode of the year and Happy New Year to everyone. Um, Dennis, is it nice where you're at or you blanketed in snow? No, no snow. It's uh, about 34 degrees here. Happy nice. New Year, everybody. I hope you're not freezing too bad. I mean, there are parts of the country that are colder. So enjoy the weather, whatever it may be. Well, good, guys. So last week or the last time that we were talking about setting up an Android device, and of course, I deliberately decided to use an older phone just because... Um, when you're setting up that phone, maybe you get something that is not up to par. And the whole idea was to prove that holding down the two fingers works every single time. And so if you're not sure as to whether your phone that you just got has Oreo or better, then your best bet is to use those two fingers hold down once the phone is in the uh, has reached the setup screen. And for a blind person, my tech is always, when you turn that phone on, wait for about 45 minutes to a minute or thereabouts so that you make sure that it's finally on the welcome screen to where you can put those two fingers down and enable accessibility. So the last time we had talked about setting it up and we've gotten to where I put in my email address and all of that, and we were screen on the on. screen... This screen here. If you also use a personal or exchange email address, you can add it now. So here, if you want to add something like an exchange, or maybe you have an old Yahoo account, or maybe even a Juno account, <laughs> you know, you could add that here. Now, so if we're not going to add any of that. Not checked, radio button, personal, IMAP, pop, Yahoo, Outlook.com, etc. So you could you could check that to add any of those. Not checked. Radio button. Exchange. Your work email address. That. Not checked. Radio button. Not now. Add later in Gmail app. Not checked. Radio button. Exchange. Your work email. So I'm going to tap on radio button. Not now. I'll add later. Next button. And so at the bottom, there's a next a button. Sec. Google Play Store. And once you tap on that next button. Backups include apps, app data, system settings, and Wi-Fi passwords. This is a screen that tells you about what's going to happen because it's going to back up your apps and things like that. So when next time you decide to get a better phone or something like that, you could actually choose to bring your apps from this phone that we're just setting up. So I'm going to scroll up. So in scrolling up, 
you know, if this were a video, here's what I was saying to myself. It is easier for sighted people to show people how to do things because you can see the video. But when you're trying to teach a blind person how to swipe or how to scroll up and you're not there holding their hand and showing it to them, it, it's kind of really hard to describe what you're trying to um, communicate. So, um, for me, I always describe it as a brushing instead of, you know, swipe or people say swipe or flick or whatever. If you're coming from, uh, the Fruitvale land, the iOS land, you flick or whatever. Um, and you know, Android, we use words like swipe and things like that. But someone that has never had that opportunity, or whatever, is not going to know exactly what you mean by the word swipe or flick. And so for me, I try to use it as brush. So you think of it like you're trying to clean something like that you know so you you cut that's the swipe so but in this case i scrolled up with two fingers so i put two fingers in the middle and i kind of like you know uh, brush my finger up and it scrolls the page toward the bottom now if i did that from the top you know if i put my finger in the middle and and swipe my roll my fingers down that would scroll me to it scrolls me to the top of the phone. So that's what that means. So we have a one finger swipe or two finger scroll. And so I've scrolled upward, you know, and I'm going to find um, next button. the next button. Protect your phone. So this screen talks about phone protection. Learn more. Checked. Protect this device and require a pin, pattern, or password to unlock the screen checkbox. So here you can choose, you know, if you don't want someone to just grab your phone and be able to get into it, you can choose to include or include a, a, a pattern or a pin um, so that only you know uh, what that pin is. Back button. Next button. So I'll go to next. Choose screen lock. And here we're going to choose how we're going to unlock that screen. So our choice is... Choose screen uh, lock. Pattern, because you've turned on an accessibility service, your device won't use your screen lock to enhance data encryption. Now, as a blind person, I don't know about you, but I don't think I don't want to do patterns because I, <laughs> I may mess up next time. Uh, so I usually choose, uh, you know, pin. And if you have a modern phone, then this, besides the pin, there's always, uh, you know, the fingerprint reader and also, um, first unlock if that phone supports it but this one doesn't so we're just gonna choose pin pin because you've turned on an accessibility service your device won't use your screen lock to enhance data encryption so i tap here to select uh, a pin password because pin so because this... you've turned on an accessibility service password because you've turned on an accessibility service your device won't use your screen lock to enhance data encryption so this password back button and so you've got to choose one of those. Password, because you've turned on an accessibility... So I'm going to choose... Pin, because you've turned on an accessibility service, your device won't use your screen lock to enhance data encryption. Choose your pin. Plug in a headset to hear password key. Now, so here's the problem. Um, if you're setting up this and you don't have, you know, a headset, uh, because this is running Android 5 or lower, or actually... Um, yes, or maybe even Android 6 or lower, you're not going to be able to hear your passwords without plugging in a headset. And so what I am going to do, I'm just going to put in one, 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 one 
for now. And if this were my real phone, then later on I could change it. But so I'm going to just, because I know where the one is. So I'm going to do four ones and then tap on next to reconfirm. So here I go. And it's just going to say dot. Dot, dot. And I let go. I tap it again. Dot, dot. I do it again. Dot, dot. One more. Dot, dot. Now I'm going to find the next, which is uh, toward the bottom right. Next, plug in a headset to hear password keys spoken aloud. Confirm your PIN. So it takes me to the next screen and asks me to confirm that um, password that I just put in, the, the PIN that I just put in. Of course, I put 1111, and if I got it right, then we'll be good to go. So I'm going to try doing that right now. Dot, 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 dot. One more. Dot, dot. And I'm going to click on next, or is it done? Next. Settings. Keyboard hidden. All right. So it looks like we got it. Checked. Show all notification content radio button. So the next button, or the next screen, I should say, is the screen that says, hey, when you have your phone, how do you want notifications to show? Do you want them to show to show every notification that you get, even on your lock screen or not. Now, I personally don't like my notifications showing, so I usually have chosen the option not to show my notification, but you have that choice. Not checked. Hide sensitive notification content radio button. You could choose to hide the sensitive one if you have some baby out there you don't want someone to know <laughs> you're going out with. You could choose that. And then the next one. Not checked. Don't show notifications at all radio button. And that is usually the one that I choose. Don't show notifications at all. Checked. So I tap that and checks that. So now. Next button. Next. Google app. The next screen talks about. The feed uses data from your Google account to help you through your day. Okay. Learn more. By choosing, yes, I'm in, you are turning on the feed for worker at gmail.com. You can turn off the feed at any time by going to Google App Settings, period. So I'm going to scroll up with the two fingers, put two fingers in the middle, and then brush it upwards. You hear it making that sound. Okay, now I'm going to put my finger near the bottom right and find the next or more, whatever the case may next be. Next button. There's the next. Device unlocked. Home screen one of zero. So we are now on the home screen. So you think of this as your desktop on your computer. So we are now on the desktop or home screen when we're talking about mobile stuff. So here is where you find all the icons like you find on your desktop. If you're using a Windows computer, you're going to find things like my computer or uh, recycle bin or, you know, things like that. Um, and you can add more to it as time goes on the same thing here. So what we have here on our setup screen, or rather home screen, is we have some icons. So what you do is put your finger down and just move around or uh, you swipe like, you know, brush right or left. Google search button. I just brush right. That's swiping right. Voice search button. There's a voice search. Folder, Google. There's a folder, Google. Play Store. Play Store. That's a very important one because this is where you go to get your apps and things like that. You know, want something like WhatsApp or you want something like uh, Facebook or whatever the case may be. You have to go to the Play Store in order to get that. So now that we're on our home screen, we are using something that is called a launcher. So think, just think of that 
as you know like the windows explorer you know windows explorer when you use the windows explorer it makes it possible for you to see the desktop so the launcher is something kind of similar to that you know in layman's terms now now that we're on a home screen when we want to check what we have we have something called a notification so here's where you know uh, maybe someone sends you an email or when you finish setting up then you check in the notification and we check that notification shade we pull it down by putting two fingers at the top just literally put them outside of the phone on the top bar of the phone and then brush down what notification shade i just brush down with two fingers and it says notification shade now if i put my finger near the top 13 new messages july 13th 20 plus 122,000 less than hash greater than your google verification code is 651,000 <laughs> so see there um that's one of the notifications that I have. And, you know, if I move my finger downward. Snooze notifications button. I could snooze Double them. Double tap to select. Check your back cover, 524 p.m. Make sure it is well fitted. So that one is coming from Motorola because, you know, this is one of those phones that actually you could uh, pull off the back and things like that. So that's my notification. Check your back cover, 524 p.m. Make sure it is well fitted. Okay, so now that I am in the notification shade, I want us to go next to the um, quick panel or the control panel. So think of it like on a computer, you have the control panel. This is where all the magic happens. You can go in there and change things the way we want things to appear and things like that. So here we swipe down again with two fingers quick settings and it says quick settings so the the steps of bring getting to your um quick settings or control panel you swipe down with two fingers it takes you to notification swipe down again it takes you to quick panel now if you want to skip the process of going through the notification to get to or in other words you want to skip straight you don't want to go to the notification shed, but you want to go straight to the quick panel, then the way you do that is by swiping down with Google three Play fingers. Google Play Services error. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to get out of the quick panel, the control panel, and by how I get out of that is finding something at the bottom of my screen, at the bottom of the glass, right dead in the middle, we have three buttons. The one in the middle is called the home key. Home button. That says home now. Double to tap to select. Double tap and hold to long press. To the left of that, if I move my finger slightly to the left, it's going to be the back key. Back button. And then Double tap to select. Double tap and hold to long press. I'm still holding my finger, so I move uh, back to the right. Home button. I uh, move to the right. Double tap overview button. And then overview. So the three buttons that we have at the bottom are called navigation buttons. So we have home key in the middle and to the left of that is the back and then to the right of the home key is the overview. Now I'm going to hit the home key. Home button. And so Notice. that would take me to one of one. Take me to my desktop or my home screen. Now, what the back key means is if I open an app, for example, and I'm working it, I'm working in it, I tap on some 
portion of the app that I'm working in and I want to go back to the previous screen, then I tap the back key. It takes me back to the previous screen that I was working in. Now, the overview, however, is like recent apps, the apps that you recently opened. So that's what that, that's, that's what the overview does. When you tap on it, it takes you to the most recent things that you've used. So think of it like your Microsoft Word or uh, Notepad. When you open up Notepad and you do that Alt-F and you go down, you're going to see some of the files that you have opened. So it's kind of likened to that. All right. So let's go back to the quick panel because it's important and most especially. So I'm going to skip that up step of swiping down with two fingers to go to the notification shade. Instead, I'm going to swipe with three fingers from the very top to get me straight to the quick panel or the control panel. Quick While I'm in the quick settings, below it, you could still find the notification. But let's explore what we have here in the quick settings. I'm going to put my finger near the top left corner. Emergency calls only, 5.56 p.m., Wednesday, January 6th. Okay, I'm going to move my finger down. Display brightness seek control, 50%. And I'm going to move my finger down. Wi-Fi signal full. I'll move my Double finger down again. Connected to the mesh. Do not disturb off. I'm moving my finger down. Mobile no. No signal. No. Flashlight off. Location reporting on. Now, um, here in the quick panel, things are arranged, you know, um, like in a row. So you got, um, you got, you know, maybe like. Connected to the mesh. If I move my finger to the right. Bluetooth. There's Bluetooth. Double tap to select. If I move my finger to, to the, below the Bluetooth. Airplane mode off. There's airplane mode. Double tap to select. D location reporting on. Okay, there's something here that's very important for a blind person, and that's the screen rotation. Because by default, it is set to auto-rotate. In other words, if I slide my finger around or I move my hand around, it will flip me into a landscape mode. And sometimes that becomes very problematic because it's hard to find where your buttons are. So, for instance, like the home key would be flipped over, you know, to the side and things like that. So what, what we want to do is always make sure that we are in what we call the portrait mode. In other Airplane mode off. Location reporting. Flashlight off. So this flashlight. Screen will rotate automatically. So we want to tap here. Screen is now locked in portrait orientation. Therefore, now we have our screen locked to portrait mode. So it's not going to be flipping us around into landscape mode or something like that. Now, on the top right corner, we need to find something called settings or open or system settings. Show profile. That's on the top right corner. I'm going to move my finger slightly to the left. Settings button. And there, this is settings. Home screen one of one. Settings. When I tap on settings, I am now in my settings. So think of this part also like your control panel where you see all the things that you can make all the fine changes and things like that. So let's, let's explore and see what we have here in the settings. Starting from the top, here's what we've got in settings. Wireless and networks. Wireless and network. Wi-Fi. Then Wi-Fi. Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Data usage. Data usage. More. 
more. Now, in this more, when you tap here, you're going to find things like VPN or APNs. We'll, we'll touch on those once we get to those network connectivity issues. So now let's swipe right again or move our finger down. Device. Device. Display. Display. Sound and notification. Now, I want to go back to display because this is important. Display. If you are starting for the first time, this is your first time of getting into Android. By default, the screen would would shut off in like 30 seconds. So if you're starting as a new learner, it makes sense to go in here. Display. And I just double tap to open that. We need to go in here and change it from that 30 seconds to something more manageable. I generally uh, suggest to my students, hey, put it on five minutes. In that way, you have ample time to do whatever you want to do. The screen is not shutting down on you or shutting off on you just because you put it to the side to grab something. So let's find the place that talks about the screen timeout. Adaptive brightness, optimize brightness level for available light on switch. What this means is that if I'm upside, it's going to... It's going to turn down the brightness of the screen uh, so that it, it makes it easier for me to see, you know, if you can see. Or if you're in a dark place, it will it will kind of adjust the screen brightness as well. So adaptive brightness is always good to leave it on so it adapts to the environment that you find yourself in. Let's go down. Wallpaper. Now, wallpaper Double tap does... To select. You, the kind of wallpaper that you want to choose. You know, we have those on Windows too. Daydream, clock, sleep, after two minutes of inactivity. So here it says Double sleep after two minutes. But the reason why it's saying after two minutes because my account is retrieving some settings from my account because I signed in with my account. But if you haven't, or this is your first time or whatever, it's going to be 30 seconds. So when you tap here, Alert sleep. Cancel. Showing items 1 to 7 of 7. Let's explore the um, choices here in the sleep timer. Not checked. 15 seconds. There's 15 seconds. Not checked. 30 seconds. That would by nature be the default. Not checked. 1 minute. 1 minute. Checked. 2 minutes. 2 minutes. Not checked. 5 minutes. 5 minutes. Not checked. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Not checked. 30 minutes. 30. Cancel button. Oh, cancel. And I'm going to just... Not checked. Cancel Tap button. on cancel. If I keep sleep swiping, not checked. Fifteen seconds. It moves me back to the top. You see how that goes? Not checked. Thirty seconds. Not checked. One minute. Checked. Two minutes. Not checked. Five minutes. Not checked. Ten minutes. Not checked. Thirty minutes. Cancel button. Now that is swiping. But if I I like to use what we call explore by touch, and I tend to su suggest this to people the most. Um, so I just put my finger down what? Not checked. 30 minutes. Uh, not checked. Uh, 10 minutes. I glide my finger up. Double tap to top. Not checked. 5 minutes. Glide my finger up. Double checked. 2 minutes. Glide my finger up. Not checked. 1 minute. Glide my finger up. Not checked. 30 seconds. Glide my finger up. Sleep. Not checked. 15 seconds. Okay, now I'm going to put my finger toward the bottom, find a cancel, or this is the time we could use our back key. Now remember the back key is one of the three navigational buttons found near the bottom of the screen. In the middle is the home and to the left of that is the back key while to the right of the home key is the overview. Now I need to find the one that says back. 
Home button. Aha, it says home. Now double I'm going to move. Double tap to select. Double tap and hold to long press. Now I could move my finger to the left and find the uh, back key. But if you like to swipe, then you swipe left. Back button. See, it says back. But if I put my finger down. Home button. And I move my double finger tap to, to the select. left. Double back button. See the same thing. So I'm going to tap. Double tap to select. Double. T double tap back here. Back button. And that takes me back to um, the previous screen. Now. That's what the um, back button. When device is rotated, stay in portrait view. Okay. Adaptive brightness, optimal wallpaper. There we go. I, I think I back didn't go button. back. Settings. There we go. Data usage. More. I'm just moving my finger device. down. Display. Sound and notification. This is where you can go Double in to change select. your sounds. Um, for instance, if you want to change your ringtone, let's quickly do that. So let's explore what we have in sounds. And we have in sounds because this uh, this is one of the first things that probably your ringer is going to be, an, you know, so annoying to you. You don't like the way it sounds. So you go in here where it says sounds and notification. You can change your notification sounds and you can also change your ringtone. So let's... Go to ringtones, for example, and see what ringtones we can change or how to change our ringtone. Media volume. That's Double how. tap to alarm volume. I'm going down. Ring volume. Seat control, 71%. That's the ringer. Also vibrate for calls on switch. Go down. Do not disturb. Phone ringtone, moto. So I'm going to tab Double here tap where it select. talks about ringtone. Alert phone ringtone. Cancel. Okay. Showing items 21 to 30 of 36. So it's telling me there are a total of 36 ringtones here I could choose from. I'm going to put my finger near the top. Phone ringtone. Checked. Not checked. Natural. So if I want to hear what to natural sounds like, I tap here. Na I'll put my finger down. Not, not checked. Organic. Tap here. I'll go down again. Not checked. Pixis. Not checked. Not checked. Pegasus. So you get the drift here. Now, okay button. at the bottom, there's an OK. Cancel button. Or there's a cancel. Default notification ringtone. Moto. So that's how you choose your ringer. And I just... I just turned down my, my volume. Okay. Now I'm going to go back, back to button. the previous screen. Settings. And I scrolled up with two fingers, putting them in the middle and scrolling up. Now here. More. Div display. Sound and. Sound so and notification. Back button. We've settings. done with sounds. Battery. Storage and USB. Storage and Double USB. This is where you go in to see how much storage you have and things like that. Memory. Memory, you Double see how much memory you have. Personal. Personal. I scroll Location. up again. Location. Security. Security. Accounts. Now, under security, remember, this is where we, we have things like our PIN. If I wanted to change that PIN from 1111 to something else, I'll go into the security area to change that. Google. Google. Double that's where you select. can go in and see the accounts associated with the phone. Motorola Privacy. Motorola privacy. Now, each manufacturer may have one thing of theirs that is particular to that company, just like Motorola has some things that are particular to Motorola here. Um, let's Motorola ID system. And then the date system, and time. date and time. Double accessibility. Accessibility. This is where you go in and see all the accessibility, accessibility. related Showing items stuff. One 
And here in accessibility, we have talk back on. Talk back is on. Switch access off. Switch access for people who don't have too much movement and they could use like a joystick or something like that. System. System. Captions off. Caption for the hard of hearing. Magnification gestures off. Those who have a little bit of sight and can see what's going on and they are not going to be using TalkBack, they want to use uh, magnification. Large text off switch. Large text. Double tap to select. High contrast text. Experimental off switch. So I scroll up again with two fingers. Power button ends call off switch. Now, if you want to use your power key to end your call, you could do that. Now, I don't always suggest it because sometimes all you're trying to do is maybe you're wanting to simply shut off your screen while you're on a call and hitting the power would just end your call. Auto rotate screen off switch. Ah, so see, that's the one we don't want to turn this on. Speak passwords off switch. Now here we can turn on those passwords. Checked. So that next time if I've come across a place that needs my password or needs my pin, I wouldn't need a headphone in order to hear it. So here's where we turn that on in accessibility. Let's go down. Showing items 9 to 17 of 17. Text to speech output. Here is Double where we go to in to change our text-to-speech output. If I have other TTS engines, because you will be hearing words like TTS, that's text-to-speech, and that's what the TTS uh, means. So, Google text-to-speech engine. Je- speech rate, speed at which the text is spoken. Because all I have here is Google text-to-speech. If I had imported my settings from my other phones, I would have had almost 20 different um, TTS engines here. I would have had the likes of Acapella, Vocalizer, Eloquence, TTS, uh, Seraproc, and all of that. But I decided not to import my things from my other phones. So by default, all you'll have is the Google TTS. Now, if you want to change the Google TTS, you know, the voice variant, then text to speech output. Preferred engine. You find where it says preferred engine, Google. Then you move your finger to the right and find launch engine settings or settings. Launch engine settings button. Settings. When you tap on launch engine settings, here's what we have. Language. Use system language. Settings for Google text to speech engine. I'm moving my finger down. Install voice data. Install the voice data required for speech synthesis. This is where you go. Google TTS voice data, showing items 1 to 12 of 16. So when you go in here, you see the different languages that you could choose the TTS for. Um, so we're going to stick with the U.S. English. So let's see what we have. English, English, United Kingdom. English, India. English, United King. English, United States. French, France. German, Germany. Hindi, India. Indonesian, Indonesia. Italian, So Italy. you see there's all kinds of languages in here. I'm going to go up to... German, Germany. English, United States. Double, French, France. English, United States. Tap here. English, United States, voices. When showing you, item one of one. When you tap here, it says voices showing one of one. Female, 8.4 megabytes. And you tap here. Female. You know what? Eight, it, I think I'm not connected because it's not giving me the... Um, female, 8.4. Um, 
but normally when you tap here because earlier i thought i heard something about play store error so it means i wasn't connected to the play store but naturally if you tap here where it says female female 8.4 megabytes you tap there then it will show you the different voices that you can choose from the different voice variants but right now Overview we're button. not getting that back so i'm button. gonna go back um because this is not gonna help back us button. any korean south korean i'm sorry Home back button back again Back All right, there we go. This thing is not very responsive. Home back button. Back now, Polish, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna set my um. There we go. Settings for Google Text to Speech Engine. Back button. We go back again. I want us to go back text to accessibility. To okay, so we're back to accessibility. Listen to an example. Play a short demonstration of speech. Back button. Color correction off. All Showing right. I navigate up button. Then I touch and hold delay short display color inversion experimental. So all these button. things you find in the accessibility area. Back button. Let's go back settings. here, and we're back to our settings, and then system date and time accessibility printing about phone. And about phone, when you go in here, it tells you about your phone, what about model phone. it is, and all of that. System updates. Or you could check for Double updates. tap to status, phone number, signal, etc. Legal information. Model number, Moto G, third generation. Hardware information. Android version, 6.0. Android security patch level, April 1st, 2017. <laughs> so I'm going to scroll up. Baseband version, M89. So that's about your phone. There. Let's, let's, let's back go button. back to the home Build key. Number. And, and so... Home um, what happens here is that since we have all of this, home button. Home button. we can do whatever we want with the phone. You know, um, you could always check for updates now. Some phones would not let you get more than one updates, most especially if they are just like, uh, one one. Uh, you know, budget devices or things like that. And while others would give you two to three years of uh, OS, you know, of the operation uh, system updates and others would just give you just two. And so it depends. These are things that ones need to kind of really research when you're getting a phone, if those OS updates are important to you, and also if they're going to be supported, you know, with security patches that come out every month and some phone manufacturers will give those to you either quarterly or every two months, depending on who that person may be. So those are some of the things that we need to keep in mind when we are researching what phones to have. And if you don't have money, but you want to get something that is kind of not too expensive, then you could just go for what you think is not expensive and get that and call it good. So that will be the conclusion to the setting up of our phone. And you know what? We do have some interview that we had. And we had that interview with someone called Professor Paul Rivolo, R-U-V-O-L-O. And so we would like to bring that interview to you guys. But before we do that, hey, Austin or Dennis, you guys have any comments before we bring our guest in? I would like to inform our users that the settings and the home screen on their phones may be arranged a little differently than what was shown. Also, I would like to tell them that if they increase the screen 
awake time that will cause a little extra drain in the battery. I'll also chime in here. <clears throat> if you're just using it yourself, there is a way you can dim the screen or put a screen curtain on, similar to, say you're coming from iOS, similar to iOS. And that can be found in the talkback settings. It says dim screen. You can turn it off just like you can in iOS. So you don't have to have the screen showing. Now, does that save you on battery? The answer to that is no. But it will give you the same thing that you have experienced on other platforms. And Android is very good at getting great battery life. And I would get the newest phone that I possibly can. If you can get one with Android 9, 10, or 11, that's going to be your best bet. And just get what you can within your budget. If your budget allows for a Pixel 4a, get that. I'm partial to Pixel devices. The 4a is a very good device at a very good price. It's less than the iPhone SE. It's 350 bucks, And who knows, your carrier might have a deal on it. Depending on what carrier you go through, you may be able to pay it in monthly bite-sized affordable payments that you can afford. So that's just food for thought. And so now we want to welcome our special guest, Paul Rivalo. And so, Paul, we want to welcome you to our podcast, and we are sincerely thankful to you for coming on here. We have with us the podcast crew. I'm Warren from the state of Washington. And guys, introduce yourselves to Paul. I am Austin from Mumbai, India. I'm Dennis. I'm from Pennsylvania. Welcome, Paul. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for coming. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. Nice to meet you three. And Paul, you know, let's get to this. Um, and we're talking about an app called The Clue, C-L-E-W. Um, is that the right pronunciation of the app, Paul? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I, this is an iOS app, or like I like to call it the Fruit Veil. <laughs> and um, really, I really like the app. It's something that... I think blind people will appreciate, but Paul, I want you to take us to the history. I'm the historian, and I always am fascinated as to what led people or developers to developing such an app yeah. and, you know, what the reasons are. Could you take us down the history of uh, Clue? Yeah, absolutely. So I think maybe I'll say just a little bit about, you know, my, my personal background to kind of set the stage for that. So That's right. Uh, so right now I'm a I'm a college professor. Uh, so I work at a small engineering college uh, called Olin College of Engineering. Um, we have uh, it's all undergraduate. Uh, we have a total of 340 students um, at the college. So I started my job at Olin. Uh, I've been there. This is my eighth year at Olin. Um, my background. So uh, my PhD is in uh, machine learning and, and robotics. Um, and that was like the stuff I was really interested in. When I when I was in graduate school at UC San Diego, and then I, I came to uh, Boston to take take this job at Olin College, um, and I had been uh, you know had a, some ideas of ways in which the work I was doing in machine learning and robotics could play a role in assistive technology. It was an area that I had always thought was you know interesting. I never really had a chance to to do anything uh, kind of in that area. Um, so I, I came to Olin. Uh, one of the uh, things about Olin College is there's a big focus on user-centered design and trying to understand how we can, uh, you know, 
create things that people will really enjoy and really respond to them as, as whole people. And, you know, don't just try to like create technology for technology's sake. So um, that combination of my sort of interest in doing something in assistive technology and sort of the, the focus on sort of design thinking that is a hallmark of Olin college that kind of came together when I started at Olin. And um, that was sort of the impetus to kind of explore the area more. Um, and so I, uh, you know, I started off at Olin, I, I was working on a lot of different projects, uh, some of the, which related to assistive technology, some of which didn't. And I just found the more I worked in the, in the area of sort of assistive technology, the more just sort of interested I got in the field. Um, so, uh, I started, uh, you know, talking to a lot of folks in the community, um, especially in the in the blind community and, and making contacts with a lot of the organizations around the, the Boston area. And uh, I also have a lot of other colleagues, other faculty members that also work in different sort of facets of either assistive technology or disability studies. Also, you know, folks from different disciplinary backgrounds as well. Um, and so just through, through that through that kind of accommodation, I've been working with students on various projects. Um, in this area for about uh, six years now. Um, and so we sort of started getting excited about uh, the specific idea of Clue um, because, uh, you know, we have been talking to folks in the community and we realized that the area of sort of uh, orientation and mobility was an area where there were some tools available, um, but there were still a lot of areas where um, you know, improvements could be made and particularly things like indoor navigation and, um, you know, sort of finding, finding objects uh, in, in indoor environments. So those things kind of came to the front of our discussions with users. Um, and we kind of started off, uh, you know, prototyping different versions of it, um, you know, having some success, but realizing a lot of the technologies we're working on were just really hard. It was really hard to get them to work well. Um, and then I think the big moment was all of a sudden, uh, you know, mainstream like technology companies like Google and Apple started bringing out um, this sort of augmented reality capabilities to their apps. And that was what really kind of set the stage for the creation of Clue. Um, and I can talk more about that specifically um, in, in a bit. But yeah, that's the kind of like the main kind of, uh, you know, you know, kind of like path path that led led me here. Um but yeah, I've just been doing more and more of my work in this area. I teach courses on accessibility and technology to students. I'm, I'm part of different organizations and accessibility. So it's really where my, my passion is in terms of my, my work that I do. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> now, I know there's, this is an iOS app. Are there plans for an Android app? And if so, do you have a rough time frame as when we could expect an Android app? Where does that stand? Yeah, I, I think it would be a worthy a worthy thing to do. I don't have a specific plan for it right now. Um, I so I wouldn't be able to give a specific time frame. It's definitely something that has kind of been on the radar for a while. Um, yeah, and actually, some of the early prototypes we did, I we used to do a lot of our work with an an older platform. Uh, you know, Google has their AR Core, um, which is the one that sort of came out of around the same time as AR Kit on the iPhone. But an older platform we worked with called Project Tango. Um, we used to have, uh, we used to work with that one. So we have done stuff with Android in the past. We just never done anything that made it all the way to a production level app. Um, 
But, is that is that kind of the goal for 2021 to try to get an Android version out there? Because there are Android blind Android yeah, users. I think that's I, a common myth that Android's not accessible, and that's yeah. I I totally agree with that. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is one of one of the goals definitely that we'd be we'd be working towards. Um, but I I don't. Yeah, I I wouldn't be able to commit to like a, a firm timeline on it. But that is something that definitely been thought about and is definitely part of the agenda. Yeah, uh, you know, Paul, because I, I really like the app. Um, I tried using it here at my home, um, a fairly large home, and I I tried mapping my way from upstairs, going to the bathroom downstairs, and I was pleasantly surprised when it guided me back to my desk where I was sitting upstairs here. And then I tried doing it from the mailbox or from my house to the mailbox because we live in the rural area where, where the mailboxes are out there so right i was right. able to do that and i'm like you know this is what we really need you know because the whole idea for instance if i have someone say i'm at a hotel or at um you know a restaurant somewhere hope we get back to going to restaurants again and i ask maybe a family member take me to the bathroom i should be able to map my way to that bathroom and be able to find my way back to the table where i was so i see you know, the usefulness of this uh, app as it becomes a very important part of our living. And I was so happy uh, when that thing guided me back. And frankly, I would love, love to see that, you know, come to Android. I know you've told me that you're not sure, but I am a, I'm an optimist, uh, Paul, and I'm thinking that somehow down the line, you're going to bring this baby to those of us back <laughs> in the land of Android. Okay, well, this is definitely a good, uh, a good, a good push in that direction for sure, this conversation. So that's definitely good. Now, yeah. one other question that popped into mind. Is there a charge for this app? If so, what is the charge? Is it a subscription model? Right, is it a right. one-off? Uh, yeah, this, this app is totally free. So I've been developing it basically with support from various uh, foundations and granting agencies. So most notably, it's uh, the Peabody Foundation, which is a Boston area foundation that uh, gives money to projects that um, help with uh, mostly oriented towards younger, young people who have either disabilities or who have been uh, injured um, mm -hmm. severely. Um, and then also the National Science Foundation. So that's what I've used to support the development of the app. So there's no cost that is incurred by the users of the app the, of the app itself. That's awesome. And I, I also want to echo Warren's sentiments that the sooner this is on both platforms, the better, because it will help people. It is it is an awesome app. It it can definitely do a lot of good. I can see where it would be good for granted we're not doing a whole lot with conferences and right, right, things right. like that. But even if you're at a airport. And you know, you know, you're at this terminal, you need to go to the restaurant down the hall, you know, at the other end of the terminal, you could use it to map that. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, there are a ton of use cases. And as we get back to some sense of hopefully normalcy, uh, the use cases will skyrocket, hopefully for this app. And the more platforms it's on for audience and the more recognition you can get and hopefully within that, other people will come and say, hey, I'll help you support the development of this app. And, you know, it can just help you grow this thing even wider. 
Yeah, that's definitely a, a great thought. Yeah, I think I, I would I would definitely hope for that, something, something along those lines. Um, and if, if, if you don't have it and there's something you may want to consider, some kind of tip jar where people could donate as they could afford it. Now, uh, Paul, I want to go back to dial back to something you mentioned earlier yeah. about assistive technology. Sure. Now, what drew what drew you into assistive technology? Do you know any person uh, personally know any blind people or uh, have any relatives that are blind yeah. or something of that sort? I, it, it's interesting. I actually don't have any like personal connection at all. Um, I think initially it was really like a feeling that I wanted. So I've been working a lot on these like. Uh, these like robotics projects, but they were like robotics projects that were not really like it, things that were going to be immediately useful in the world. Like my thesis, I made a giant robotic baby, if you can believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's a very terrifying robot, but like, um, I don't know. I was just really hungry to like do something that like made a difference. And so I think it was, I, I wouldn't say like by accident that I like sort of got into this area, but it was really sort of like, a way I could see there was something kind of in close proximity to what I was doing that I was like, okay, yes, I can make a, like a difference in this way. And I think that was my initial attraction. And then I think like what's kept me in the area is I think, I think it's just such a multifaceted, like, like set of issues and problems, right? Like, it's not just, it's not just about technology. It's about, you know, like the way that like social systems are set up and, um, it involves just like so many different ways of thinking about things. And I think that's what's in part like kept me really interested in been like ways in which I've been, I've kind of grown over the years to like understand different ways to kind of, kind of think about this area. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think uh, that that's been good. And then I think just, I have made a lot of connections and contacts with people in the community. So that's also been a, a key feature, I think of, of, you know, growing my connection and commitment to the area. Um, like Boston has a lot of great, you know, institutions for, you know, there's like Perkins and uh, uh, Carroll Center here and some other really great institutions that I've, I've managed, I've been working with over the years. That's right. Now, Austin, you, you got any questions for, um, for so Paul? Paul? Uh, Paul, I don't have any iPhone or anything, but I have an iPad, which is running iPad OS. So will that app work on that also? Yeah, it does. It works on iPad as well. Um, and it, one thing that's nice about the app is it doesn't require any sort of like internet connection. So even if you have don't have like a data plan or something for like an iPad, it will also work on that. And that's the thing I wanted to mention because, you know, I am one of those that always want to try something offline. And I actually had put off uh, or put on my phone into airplane mode when I tried doing that and it worked. Yeah. So um, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was something I was going to mention uh, that this app would work whether you have internet connectivity or not. And it's such a good thing because not everyone may have access to uh, data most especially places around the world where right. internet access is uh, like, you know, very expensive or whatever the case may be. So yeah. it works uh, offline. So that's really good. Yeah, that's, that's definitely nice. And then, yeah, we do have a, like a pretty large uh, amount of the users of the app are, are from outside of the United States as, as well. So it's a pretty big international group of folks using it. Yeah, so really, um, we're thankful that you are able to come 
And so, you know, we're thankful, uh, Paul, uh, Paul, that you are able to come on and discuss this. And, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to, you know, maybe down the road, you could come back again, you know, sometime this year, uh, say maybe somewhere in, uh, you know, August or September. Sure. Um, we would want to call on you again to see if there are any updates and what's going on. And maybe one of your students may take on the challenge of uh, helping you saying, hey, let's get this thing into the Android land. Or something like that. That would be cool. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I, I'd love to do that. One thing that will happen is if Clue comes to Android, it will really take off in India because in India, there is a lot of need for mapping outside areas and indoor areas and things. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And I know that in India is a big Android market is from what I understand, at least among the, the blind community. I think that's true. It is very true. We have a lo- uh, large... Um, uh, fellowship of uh, you know android in in india and you know just around the world in general there are more uh, android users um so this is why we always cry about <laughs> wanting developers uh, right. to bring this uh, because you know android devices are easier are more accessible i mean affordable is the language or the yeah. word i'm trying to use so when we do things like this, you are actually helping a lot of blind people, especially in third world countries uh, where mobility is a challenge. And so really um, making this thing available on Android is a huge, huge help to the blind community. That's really, yeah, that's really great to hear. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, definitely. Let's uh, let's do something later on in the year. I'd love to do that. Yeah, And I mean, obviously, if it's before September and you have an update, get in touch with us. We'd have you on any time. It has definitely been uh, a pleasure, and I definitely do look forward to seeing this on Android. I'll be I'll be bugging Paul about it. (laughs) I mean, also you can contact us privately if you want people to test. Okay, okay. We'd be I'd I'd be more than willing to help you help test it. Definitely, we will be sure. Okay, well, yeah, I, I I look forward to the challenge for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Paul. And um, we wouldn't take any more of your time than what we already have. And again, we thank you that uh, you are able to have time to come on here to the Blind Android Users Podcast. And thanks again for coming on. Okay, thanks, everybody. It was great to meet you all. And um, Happy New Year. You too, Paul. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for coming on to the podcast today. And we are so thankful that you have addressed our listeners today. And we look forward to having you come back because, guys, we definitely want to have him come back. So the reason why, you know, even though this thing is just on iOS or Fruitvale, you know, there are many of our listeners that use both platforms. And so we're looking forward to having Paul come back, Professor Paul Rivalo come back. And talk to us about it more because now that we've kind of like given him the challenge to kind of bring us some Android goodness to the app. So um, we thank Paul for his appearance. Austin, anything? It was a fabulous interview and I like that Paul has done something with artificial intelligence and I hope he brings that more to Android. He puts some artificial intelligence into his app, but it was a nice interview. I, I'm hopeful, you know, <clears throat> it'd be nice if we have something by by summertime. That's right. 
Uh, I don't think that we would, but um, I'm thinking maybe toward the end of the year, probably or early next year, the probability is that probably we may have maybe an early thing. We'll see what happens. And my hope is that maybe one of his students may take this as a challenge, as a project, uh, you know, maybe like a, a project for their, you know, end of year or whatever, and try to take on developing it for Android since it's a technical school. I'm kind of hoping that one of the students might. And, you know, I think he should open it up to the students and see who can do that. And most especially if he's getting some funding from different sources like the, you know, National Science Foundation or the uh, well, Peabody. That, all right, everybody. In addition to our special interview with Paul, we're going to wrap up this podcast by uh, having our Android story of the week. And that is contributed to us to us this week by Tony Soul. So, Tony, tell us your story. Hi, my name is Tony Soul. I'd heard about Android uh, way back. I'd heard about it, and um, most of the phones I had heard about that had accessibility were iPhones or the Nokia N95, Nokia N82. Yeah, that's all I and that's all I heard about. Um, my very first phone was the Nokia, but then when Tina and I got together, she had Sam, Samsung Transform. I was playing with that at her house, and I was like, "Oh wow." This is because the only experience I had was you know, messing with people, you know, playing with an iPhone at a uh, demonstration. Um, I'm thinking, you know, because I knew Apple was, you know, you had to use iTunes. You had to be in their unit, uh, system. You couldn't uh, plug and play. You couldn't share stuff. And I'm thinking, that's not for me. So I came on the Sprint. My very first phone was a Motorola Photon. It was a slide-out phone with a touchscreen, but then it had a keyboard below it. Well, that lasted for about a, about a month. It uh, literally fell apart in my hand. The screen separated from the keyboard, snapped in two you know, a couple months. Uh, I was not eligible for an upgrade. Uh, Tina gave me her upgrade. Um, I got a Samsung S3, I believe. Um, which was, I think it was running ice cream sale. Um, and I got a Bluetooth keyboard for it, um, a couple different ones, and started playing around with Android. I kind of hit the ground running with it, as they say. Um, I picked it up and literally hit the ground running. At first, I wanted to throw it across the room. I was mad at it. Um, after that, I got used to it. Um, I had an S3. It felt like uh, we were taking a capsule and it got... Uh, left a cab so I had to get a replacement for that phone then I got an S uh, an S5 I believe um yeah the S5 and I believe that was running I think it was running marshmallow by then um I had that for quite some time then I got an S7 um I had that for quite a while and then we both upgraded to that we got the S um eight uh Tina got one and then I got one like the next day after that. Had that for a while or for quite some time. And then just as we were gonna upgrade the just as we were going to upgrade it, we got Android was it nine? I don't think we got Android nine at the time. Um so we got the S tens and then this year, uh last year actually before the pandemic, I got a Pixel three AXL, uh which at the time was running ten. Um I just got the upgrade for Android 11 around uh, mid-October, November. And now I'm tossing around the idea of getting a Samsung S20 or a Pixel 5 or the Pixel 4. I haven't decided. Uh, the reason why I wanted Android is because I didn't want to fall in that trap of the Apple world. And uh, every you know, every phone is you know Apple. I tried one, like I said in the beginning. Um, 
I just wanted something that was more universal that I could you know, share with everybody else. So uh, like if Tina had a number that what we wanted to share, um, we could do that. Or if my dad had a number, somebody's contact you want to share, we could do that. So um, I had several speech engines over the years. Uh, um, I've had Kendra. I've had Acapella. I um, got Eloquence when I got my S7, I believe. Um, it was a gift. Tina got it for me as a gift. Um, and I've had Vocalizer TTS. Um, and then, then we've got some new ones that a friend told us about. Um, but all in all, um, Android, I really like Android. Um, it's worth it. Um, there are times I get mad at it, but sometimes, you know, we have to kind of work with it. And you know, it's like if you, you know, if you, you know, you fall off a bike, you don't throw a bike across the, across the pavement, you get back on. So, um, for those who are learn wanting to know about Android, uh, it's pick one up and give it, a, you know, give it a try. You know, get the phone from your carrier. Um, as I say, kick the tires, give it a spin. You know, sometimes you have two weeks, sometimes you have 90 days. Just really put it through its paces. And, um, that's what I did with the S3. And I, once I got the Bluetooth keyboard, cause I actually used mobile accessibility way back then. Um, that was the screen reader I had. And then, um, I had seen some demos of TalkBack. Um, they were using Kiko. And then when I got mobile accessibility, um, I, and a keyboard, I just took off of it. And, um, it, you know, Android has really come a long ways for accessibility. Um, and it keeps growing. Every time they come out with new uh, versions of Android, it grows and grows. So that's my story of Android. And um, again, I uh, I really enjoy working with Android. And the only thing I would like to see more is more games for Android to come out. For um, But otherwise, uh, it's worth it. So thank you. Of course, if you have any questions, you can subscribe to Blind Android Users plus subscribe at groups dot io or and ask the que your questions in our group and somebody will answer them or you can send an email to contact us at blindandroidusers.com and we will gather the questions and answer them on a future episode i hope you enjoyed the interview and we will see you next week adios my friends and uh, thank you so much for listening and be sure to listen to our next week. It's going to be a special guest. I'm not going to mention who that person is, but somebody I respect. And so we'll be seeing that guy, you know, next week. Yes, I would like to thank our listeners for listening to us. Stay, staying tuned to our episodes. And just for your information, we have hit the 400 playback mark. And we have achieved this within 20 days of starting this podcast. That is really very nice to see that the listeners are showing interest in basics of Android. And uh, yes, next week is going to be a very interesting episode. So stay tuned and listen to the next episode. And you can also join our Telegram group. The link will be given in the show notes. So till then, bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Blind Android Users Podcast. I hope you liked the show. And I hope you enjoyed all that we had to offer in this episode. Until next time, stay safe and happy podcasting. Ah, ah, ah.